Aloha, party people. You are listening to Inside the Desert Oasis Room, episode number 173. This episode is brought to you by Tandawai Rum. During this unique and challenging time, Tandawai stands in unity with our partners, customers, and community with strength and resilience to get through this pandemic and serving our community by acting responsibly through quarantine and social distancing practices. To enjoy Tandawai rum and Tandawai cocktails from the comfort of your own home, visit our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram at Tandawai Rum. We will get through this together. This episode is sponsored by the Tiki Bar T-Shirt Club, where their monthly t-shirt designs pay tribute to a Polynesian bar or restaurant from days long past. Each design is available for a limited time and will never be produced again. For more information and to check out this month's shirt, visit tikibartshirtclub.com. Today we chat with Opie Ortiz and Marshall Goodman, a.k.a. Ross M.G. from the Long Beach Dub All-Stars. Opie and Ross M.G. are part of the original lineup from the iconic punk ska reggae band Sublime. On this episode, we chat about their origins with Sublime, the history of their band, the Long Beach Dub All-Stars, and how their pedigrees are connected. We also talk about their songwriting and production process, and what's in store for the future of their band and their music. As always, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did bringing it to you. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider helping us with your support during this challenging time. Stop by DesertOasisRoom.com to check out our merch or leave us a tip. We've got tiki mugs, t-shirts, and pendants available right now. Any purchase or donation, no matter the size, is totally appreciated and helps keep this podcast coming to you every week. Okay, let's get into this. Join us inside the Desert Oasis Room. Give it up for Opie Ortiz and Ross M.G. from the Long Beach Dub All-Stars. Tell me where you get your loving from I get it from the beer, I get it 
you from the room. Speech after that, I'm ready for some fun. This DJ sound number one. Couple more drinks and you know I'll be done. So is it from the food or is it from the booze? If you stay healthy, you could never lose. If you know me, we gotta stay on the groove. So come on, baby girl, let's move. Only one way to tribute this tune. Just move and move and never want you tell me. No, no, no. Why won't you tell me? Let me start by saying thank you so much for joining the podcast. And for our listeners out there, we are chatting with Opie Ortiz and Marshall Goodman, a.k.a. Ross M.G. of the Long Beach Dub All-Stars. So aloha and welcome, guys. All right, all right. Let me start by saying I've been a fan of your music for a long, long time, all the way back to the 90s. Glad to hear that you guys are still doing music. This is a huge treat for me to have you guys uh, talk with me today. So I want you to know this is special for me. I want to talk about both Long Beach Dub All-Stars, but I also want to talk about your time with Sublime. And uh, for our listeners that don't know the history of Long Beach Dub All-Stars, I know that there's a, a bit of a story there with the two bands. Can one of you guys give us a little bit about the background on how the Long Beach Dub All-Stars came to be? with all of that history? We were kind of like all homies before um, Sublime. I mean, when Sublime was catching like some of the early notoriety, obviously Marshall worked on with them. Um, I, 
did artwork for him. So we were kind of like all, um, like, like a family all together. Like we all worked together. We all hung out together and stuff like that. Um, obviously after Brad's passing, um, we were kind of like, it was a show I think that was going to happen. Um, the enough already show, which was like a benefit show for, um, this is, musicians assistance program, which helps out musicians that, um, need help, um, because of drug addiction. And, um, I believe that the guys, Eric and Bud and some of the other guys wanted to play it. And so that was like our first initial, was that the second show, Marshall? No, I think that was the first one and the only one. That was the first one, yeah, that was like super planned and we were just going to do one show and we had like like a bunch of horn players and it was just, you know, a big wild night. But we played and that was like pretty much the beginning of Devil All Stars. And me personally, I didn't take it like, it was just something to like help out the guys go right. to like what would be like therapy to, you know, because they were already, they were like getting ready to be on top of the world and their whole world just became crashing down, you know. And then it became kind of like a, we, we started to kind of have fun doing it, you know. I never knew that that was supposed to just be a one-off thing. Yeah, the band was never planned. Um, it was just thrown together the name um, from a story Michael told me, Miguel, um, is that him and Brad were joking around about if the deal they had with MCA, um, Gasoline Alley, didn't work out, that they would go across the street to another label in the same way that Parliament did and started Funkadelic. So the, the Parliament signed deal as artists didn't, wasn't really working, whatever. This is the theory they had. George Clinton went across the street and signed a deal with another label under Funkadelic. And they both were making records at the same time. So this is the theory that Brad and Brad had. So he's like, well, we'll just go across the street if this deal doesn't work and we'll sign a deal as the Long Beach Dub All-Star. Oh, okay. So it was really Brad that kind of came up with this moniker before he passed. And so Michael, Miguel, brilliant as he is, and his memory is crazy. It's like a steel trap. He brought that name forward. He always has perfect timing like that. He's really smart, very intelligent person. Yeah. He brought that forward, and that's the name we used, and it stuck. So here we are still today using a name that Bradley, you know, in passing, just kind of for fun, came up with. Yeah, that, that's a pretty cool story. You guys were very much like a, a social group growing up, right? I mean, like all you guys were homies in school, and uh, from what I understand, is that correct? So Eric, Opie and myself went to the same junior high school at the same time. Wow. And I was in band class with Eric and um, I was good friends with um, a person that was in art class with Opie. And of course, Opie's hard not to see in junior high school. He had this crazy blue hair. So you always saw this kid with the blue hair. Right. Why is this kid in junior high school that got blue hair? Like, you know, but that's Opie. There he is. And so, when my friend was in art class with them, it was like, ah, oh, this dude's cool. You got to check him out. You know, so Opie and I became friends. It was just kind of in passing like that. And then I'd go to some backyard parties in high school, and who did I see pop up? Opie's always there. Who's playing bass in the band? Eric. And then my sister 
was in a band with Brad and Eric when I was like 14 and they used to practice in our front room. It was called sloppy second. Right. So right. my mom wasn't too happy about that name, but <laughs> my sister was in that band playing saxophone and, uh, that's how I met Brad. And so in, in, in high school, kind of like you said, for me, it was like, I'm seeing all these guys from junior high school when I was, you know, 14 or whatever, my sister's friends were all hanging out at backyard parties. You know, most of us now going to Wilson high school and, um, for sure. So it was, it was like a little group of people. Opio have a different story because he kind of hung out with that whole crew. It was kind of a surf skate punk scene. But. Yeah, it was like I think I met Mark around. We had a, we had science class together. We were going to Rogers at the. I had I had gotten like a. I, I called it an ethnic pass, so I could go down to the rich school you know, <laughs> and go to school there. I've heard that term you know, before. <laughs> I would take the bus down there, ride my skateboard, you know, I was all the way down the other side of town. And lo and behold, I met Eric in science class and we would sit in the back and we were both into punk rock. So I remember him one day, he was like, yeah, this is my band. And I'm just like, what? And he, he had like a band with some older guys and he played guitar and he was like, yeah, we're playing at the Cafe de Grand in Hollywood. And right. I was like, what? <laughs> so that was like my introduction to Eric. And then like, we just started hanging out. And then we had like, we had a bunch of mutual friends that were like, we had this little uh, Thai friend. His name was Paul. We had, you know, another friend named Dennis. We called him Scummy. There was, there was all these characters that we hung out with. But I think that was before <clears throat> Eric like was hanging out with Brad. Okay. Okay. That, that was later on in life because I well I think right at that time Brad was in like a punk band with Eric at some point, and that's that's when I met Brad. Okay. And they weren't even they would play like a, a Bob Marley song or something. Yeah. You know? What I like about you guys is. I mean, everybody seemed to bring something to the table, right? I mean, I, I know that OP is like really known for the 40 Ounce to Freedom album cover and that world famous Sublime tattoo on Brad's back. And and then Ross MG, I mean, like, I got Opie on the microphone with Ross MG right now. <laughs> that iconic lyric i always wondered you know who is that you know who's he talking about <laughs> and um and i know that you know rossi did a bunch of the scratching the dj and stuff like everybody put their talents together right you had you had drummers bass players percussionists artists the whole thing and you guys uh really kind of came up with this i called it like a california reggae sound because it was unique in itself right it's a combination of punk and ska and reggae and you know, beats and that kind of stuff. And uh, it, it just had like a unique sound that carried over into Long Beach Dub All-Stars, which, and and, and there is like that that uh, that path, right, from going from from the, your youth and then going into the, to the Dub All-Stars. And, and those early years, you know, were, it, it was very much interconnected, right? Um, I want to talk about those early years because, I'm curious, and I, I always wanted to know what those early shows were like following Sublime's footsteps. Like, was there an expectation for you guys to sound or act like them? Well, yeah, there was I numerous times. 
it was numerous times. One time we played in Chicago, and um, we had we had to play three shows in one day. We had to play. Well, the first one wasn't really a show, but it was kind of like we had to get up at six o'clock in the morning and go on to the Man Cow show and play a couple songs. Okay. And then we had and then we had two shows that night, an all ages show, and then a um, uh, adult show at the House of Blues. And um, it was like they were—I I think it was the second show. I can't remember. It was the first show, but they were throwing like ash, like glass ashtrays at us and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Oh wow! There's been there's been numerous people that have like said, you know, remarks to me about you know, about, oh you wouldn't be shit without Brad or you know just wow, wow. weird weird comments and stuff like that. You know. Yeah, yeah. How did you guys deal with that? And and did that motivate you to maybe try to find your own personality or were you just like, you know what, fuck you guys. I mean this is this is what we do. Well, I don't think the latter. I mean this lineup of guys don't really worry too much about what people think. And I mean that's the way it was with Sublime. Um, we came together from all different areas. And all different styles of music culminated into 40 Ounces to Freedom. Right. And that's what made it what it was. And we didn't care. We were just making music, you know, and we weren't fitting any molds. I mean, we liked the Beastie Boys, so we made some that kind of sound like the Beastie Boys. And we liked uh, Muda Baruka or Bill Pulse or Barrington Levy, so we made some that sounded like them. Right, you know, just, right. just played music that we enjoyed and put scratches on songs that in quotes, weren't supposed to have scratches, you know, so that's how we've always been. And with Long Beach Sub All-Stars, one thing I always did was when people were talking about, oh, you're trying to be Bradley, you know, the Opie. I'm like, nah, he's trying to be Opie. Actually, he's being Opie. There's no trying involved. Right. And if right. you don't like it, you don't like it. It is what it is. But there's definitely no trying to be anything. Opie always used to sing and used to hang out and do melodies. Jack was the same way. Jack Maddox plays keys for Long Beach Dub always hanging around with Brad, singing and just having fun, dancing and stuff. And that's what we're doing with Long Beach Sub All-Stars. That's what we've always done. It's kind of that same vibe on stage. Right. Now, mind you, Opie had to climb over some big hurdles and be a front man of a band. It's not an easy job, you know, and he's done phenomenally over these past 20 years. But not trying to do anything, not trying to prove anything to anybody. He's just doing us. And, and that's the key. In my opinion, that's why this record and all these shows that we've been doing for the past four years have gone on so well is because we're just showing you once again, we're just here to be us. We're not trying to be anything. Yeah, yeah. What what happened to you guys back in 02 when the band disbanded for a little bit? What, what, was, the, um, what was the reasoning for that? It was like we weren't all seeing eye to eye. There was parts of the group that were like didn't have our best interests in mind mm. you know what I mean? okay. like, I, personally I felt like it was just a it's a know, very politically I, correct answer by the way well done, well, done. <laughs> well it's just like flogging a dead horse you know? I mean, how long do you want to go, go around like not feeling good vibes when you're supposed to feel, be feeling great good vibes on stage playing music you know what I mean yeah yeah. After, like my friend he was like he's not he's, he was in a bad punk rock band a long time ago but I told him the situation, and he was just like, he's like, it's not that Pink Floyd song. And I was like, what? And he's like, 
when the banjoin starts playing different tunes. <laughs> yeah. yeah so let's see you on the dark side of the moon, homie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what? We're all still brothers, and we're all, we all stay in contact, and, you know, that's all behind us. We've all, I think, you know, that what happened with the Dove All-Stars started a fire in us to do others to do better and to do other projects so yeah. everyone did everybody no one sat still after double all-stars everybody did new projects you know so if, like for the next 10 years everyone was still pursuing music in their own way exactly yeah and you guys reunited back in 2012 which is what's so crazy is that's almost a decade ago I mean, the time just got so goes by so fast. There's like a, a little reporting mistake there. 2012. Oh, really? Okay. This rendition of Long Beach Still All Stars. Yeah, that was LBDA. And okay. It was specifically done that way. It's listed as LBDA, not the Long Beach Still All Stars. Okay. Because we didn't want to rekindle the Long Beach Dub All Stars. Like, that was kind of the test run, in all honesty, for this. And that actually came after a year of playing. Um, for this skunk 25th anniversary revival kind right, of thing. So right. Miguel put a group together of all kinds of musicians and we did a bunch of shows. You know, we did Cali Roots Festival and all this as the skunk 25th anniversary. That's just the name of it, right? And so a few of us kept going as LBDA and that stopped. And then um, in 2016, we had an offer to do a side stage show for... Um, the SRH 25th anniversary, or yeah, 25th anniversary for SRH. And our friend Kevin Zinger, who's now managing us, um, called me up and was like, would you be willing to put the band back together? And so I thought about it, was like, you know what, let's do it. And I told him my one condition was that Eric and Opie be in the band because our link from junior high school. Right, and right. that condition was met. He talked to Eric's manager and I talked to Opie and was like, all right, let's give it a spin. So Eric ended up not being able to do it out. They had different tours. He was doing Sublime with Rome and everything. But 2016 is the official um, comeback of the Long Beach Sub All-Stars under that name. All right. And the group that did this record. So All right. That, that. All right. Thanks for clearing that up. I'm curious now. For oh, sure. I'm curious now, like, how different is it now from those early days? I mean, does it feel the same or is there... Is there a, a difference in not even just the way that the band feels, but even like what the scene is like? That's a big question. The scene is what I'm thinking about. And the scene has changed tremendously. And, uh, you know, I, t I try not to say anything if, if, it's, if it's bad. You know, I got to try sure. to be real, but with regard to the scene today, it's different. And um, there was a void left, I think, when we stopped playing. Um, as I told you before, we just play. Yeah. We're not really too worried about formulating or construing or doing anything, except for this record, I was really bent on making sure we did the same thing we did the first time around and with Sublime. So that's the only thing I was real particular on, like, containment wise otherwise you just create you got ed bringing in roof and floor you got you know tracks taking form and then changing up and like just go with it let's just make music it just has to be genuine in what it is right right but i think the scene today that we left the void seems that there was a lot of like formulaic stuff that it's not the same formula that we had it was just kind of 
to me, just a little stiff, a little inhibited. And that, in all honesty, is why I think we could come back in 2016, a bunch of old guys, and play some shows and really get people to go, oh, yeah, this is good energy. Like, this is cool. Like, we stuck out because we're just up there playing again. It's yeah. like, not the best player on drums. We don't have the best bass and singer, you know, none of that. But we get up there and together, the sound that's coming from that stage is probably going to be some of the best you'll ever hear. Yeah, I would agree with that, man. I really like the vibe of this new record. And uh, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the new music because, you know, it has that very distinct Long Beach Dub All-Stars sound. And um, and I'm curious, like, you know, who's doing the songwriting? Is it the same as uh, as it was before? Actually, with Dub All-Stars before, we had, like, a... I mean, it's similar. We had, like, a, a, like a huge team of writers. Like, it would be, like, me, Raph, uh, Jack, Tim... Sometimes Miguel, you know, that's a lot of writers, you know, just to write one song, you know, so. Right. Um, and then we would have, like, Coat, we would have Jeff, you know, so sometimes we'd have a whole song where Jeff would, you know, be featured. But I think this this time we were, like, we had had, we had done some pre-production, like Marshall had said, where Ed submitted songs, uh, Roger submitted songs, Jack had a song, you know, everyone had like uh rhythms for us to write to so there was like stuff there was stuff already already like building itself kind of you know so yeah yeah five songs were so five songs were written and then we went into write five more and i think on the 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 ones that were like needed i needed help writing or we were going to do collab kind of like writing like on easy easies with uh moise Tim wrote it. Tim and Moyes and Jack wrote that with Tipa Lee is on that track also. Um, so that's like a collab track that we did. That's like the old formula. Okay. Some of these other ones like are mostly just me, you know, writing about, you know, a dream that I had or something like that. Or I was going to ask you, you about know, that. One time at <laughs> a sublime party, you know, or something. All right. I was going to ask you about that. There's a couple of songs that stand out to me and, You've probably heard this before, the the track, Tell Me. I love that track, man. It just really... um, Oh, thank you. Yeah. The first time I heard that, I thought, oh, man, this track is dope. And then I heard a little story that it's about you, Opie, adopting a healthier lifestyle. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, like, you have to... You have children, and you have to, like, set a good example, not really the... Best, I haven't been the best of examples, you know, my, my whole dadship, you know, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to show my older kids and my youngest that, you know, you can do, you can do right and you can, you know, have a good diet and have a good mindset, you know, through your good diet and exercise, yeah. you know, so. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to like, I, I'm vegetarian also, I was a pescatarian for a while, but now I'm vegetarian. Okay. And, um. I'm trying to just show them the, the light through that way too, you know. Okay, okay, that's that's admirable. And and you have these other songs in here. Again, I want to go through some of these that just really kind of spoke to me. Uh, Owens Brothers. So the first three tracks on this new album, I really like. So tell me, Owens Brothers and Youth. And it, I know that there's a message behind some of these. And you know what I like about what you guys do with your music is. 
it, it has its signature sound. It's upbeat. It's got a good vibe. But you can still say a message that's very important, right? You can still say something. Maybe you, maybe you can um, uh, share with us some of the messages behind that. Like, let's talk about youth. Uh, what's the message behind that song? Just, let's tell our listeners what that one's about. Um, it's kind of like just to open your eyes about what's going on with, you know, gun violence and, and to be aware of in these cities where you're not seeing anything. Not, there's nothing, you're not on that. They're not on your radar or anything because the media right. is not posting, put, putting it out there because, you know, if you go to, if you go look at the deaths in, you know, Chicago tonight, it'll be an outrageous amount of people dying you know and a lot of those people are kids well yeah so it's like it's it's like trying to you know raise awareness about the fucked up situations in the world but like that is that you know gun violence is a major major problem yeah i mean and i'm sure there's a bunch of people that you know are you know gun owners and they're all about gun safety and all that you know we're not talking about them we're talking about you know the people that are selling guns to kids and you know shit like that where you know gangs and gang violence and right just corrupt situations where kids are forced to you know are put in situations like that where they have to use guns right they have to buy them to protect themselves you know yeah it's an unfortunate reality of life i have to say that opie and i are remiss in that you know we just came off another interview and directly into yours and we didn't take a moment as we've done in all of our interviews to bring emphasis to the uprising that's happening right now in our country. Um, just to let everybody know that's at the forefront of Opie and I and, and everybody in the band's mind. Opie and I have been doing most of the interviews, but we started every interview with the fact that that is at the forefront of our minds right now, the uprising that's happening against police brutality against black people. And, um, you know, just wanted to make sure, cause we didn't jump off with that. And again, we just rolled right into your interview right. from another one that we did. So, I just, you know, wanted to make sure that everybody understood that that is absolutely in the forefront of our mind and youth just kind of touches on. It was kind of a, a premonition, but not at the same time, because the, the issues in youth and police brutality have been going on for a very, very, very long time. And sometimes they get tucked under. People forget. But a lot of folks like Opie, myself and others in the band don't ever forget because we, in essence, experience it. You know, whether it's kids having guns and being having our hearts crushed by young people of color killing each other with these guns and whatnot, or people dying at the hands of, um, you know, bad seed police officers and yeah. you know, legal systems. So we just want to make sure that we made that the emphasis of this interview and, and to be sure that it's known that it's completely on our mind and we're 100% advocates. I appreciate you saying that. I think we... I'll stand on the same side of the line there. I mean, you know, I, I grew up as a minority here in Southern California and, you know, it's, I can't believe that we're still dealing with this bullshit in 2020. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. every 30 years, the example I've been using is every 30 years since 1965, since the biggest movement that we've had for, you know, African-American rights, human rights for, for Americans in general. Um, Every 30 years, 92, we had another one, right? right. 62, we had one. Right. And, uh, you know, Martin, they killed Martin Luther King after a big, long movement for civil rights. So we had a huge uprising. We have another huge uprising in 92. 
And now here, 30 years later, about, we're having another uprising. And it, it's a pattern that we're going to see until we do something about this injustice, this police brutality. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. So, all right, let's continue back to the interview. Thank all you right. for taking that moment. All right, yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, I just got a few more questions. Let's change the mood a little bit. Uh, I've got some fun questions here that don't relate at all to music. And I ask these to people to kind of make uh, our, our chat a little bit more interesting. So let me ask you guys. Number one, let me start by asking if a movie were to be made about your life, who do you guys think would be the best people to play you guys? Or who would you want people to play you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I pick you, Marshall? <laughs> <laughs> no, I know who you're going to pick for me, and I'm going to no, pick. I, I know. <laughs> I, I, you're going to like. You're going to like who I pick. I think I'm. I'm going to pick who you're going to pick. So, go ahead. Pick. Let me say it first. Yeah, I say mine first, and then Opie can say whether it's right or not. But I think my whole life, people have told me that I look like O'Shea. Oh yeah, I see so that. Ice Cube son. I totally see that. <laughs> so Ice Cube son would probably be good. Flaming, he's a little thick right now. He'd have to lose some weight, but feature wise, he might work out. Who do you have, Opie? For me, oh, I was gonna say the dude from Man on Fire. Wait, Denzel? He's too old. Denzel, you got Denzel, please. <laughs> <laughs> he already played the. He already played the jazz musician. <laughs> you know what I mean? so, so go ahead and tell who I'm going to be who's going to play me no I don't know who would play you I haven't thought about that well I went to Japan be? one time I went to Japan one time and I was wearing these like just fake glasses you know uh-huh. and um, my friend sent me a picture later and he said that I look like Charlie Sheen Charlie Sheen. <laughs> I don't see that. From the baseball movie. <laughs> picking all these old actors. We got to find somebody young. Yeah. Charlie Sheen, really? Yeah. I'll send wow. you a picture later. All right. So. Yeah, I, I honestly, I'm not too aware of many of these actors out here these days. Um, but just, I watched the movie last night. Um, I've already forgotten the, the title, but it's, it's a, a movie about you know, social injustice and Jamie Foxx stars in it. It's about a guy getting locked up death row for no good reason. And Michael B. Johnson plays the attorney that gets him out like during the seventies. And, um, ice cube son is in that. Yeah. I was like, dang, you know, there is, there is a resemblance there. It's kind of scary. Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty good too, man. I mean, what his first movie was, was, uh, the NWA bio. And I thought he did a really good job. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I see it, man. Yeah, he definitely is. Yeah, I see it. All right. Question number two. Uh, You guys got any guilty pleasures? Anything you want to share with with people that maybe wouldn't know uh, something about it? I like to smoke weed. (laughs) Well, everybody knows that. (laughs) You know what? We about everybody in the band, except some of the newer additions like Devin and, and Roger, but Tim, Jack, Opie, myself, Bud, we all golf. Oh um, yeah. See that's a guilty Opie pleasure will, that would Opie will get out there and hack and Jack will hack and but they'll get around the court. Opie does the same with golf as he does basketball. 
he was trying to play basketball with me one time and just busted my whole face. Like, thought it was football and decided to, like, run in for the touchdown. There's only one reason I can't do good at golf. It's like there's this in-between holes where you have to drink yeah, okay. And smoke and, like, you, know, you know, be be one with nature. That's because <laughs> the only tournaments you play are these, like, 91X tournaments and all these other, you know, music tournaments. And it, they that's what they do. They give you – there's Jaeger holes and, like, oh, edible yeah, holes. Yeah. It's nuts. You cannot get through a round without getting faded. Remember, no, John Phillips like tried to kill me. John Phillips tried yeah. to kill me in the golf cart. They had a – Right, the, the golf cart, people were going crazy. They had a boxing ring some, one time on one of the tournaments we played. Wow. It's crazy out there. Wow. So but see, yeah, we like to play golf. Honestly, the guys from are miles from Slightly Stupid, too. I go out with them sometimes. All and, right. Uh, I would say that's one of my guilty pleasures. Is, uh, that's a guilty pleasure that I think people would be surprised to hear. So what are you guys listening to today? You go ahead. Go ahead, Marco. Um... I'd have to say, at the moment, um, Karang Ben. They've been making a lot of, a lot of waves. Um, I've been listening to a lot of reggae, um, a lot of my just the old classic stuff, um, and just kind of researching different stuff too. Um, I'm always researching rhythms, um, just trying to find different avenues to write to and stuff like that, but. I say mostly like in the old Latin jazz kind of, you know, Pancho Sanchez, Tito Puente kind of vibe at home. Um, you know, I've been listening to Afro-Cuban for 29 years or something like that. And um, one of the bands that are at the center of that are the Afro-Cuban All-Stars. And... Um, there's just so many people that have come and go. Ibrahim Ferrer and, um, you know, Kachao on bass and Ruben Gonzalez on the piano. Lots of people. They have solo records. You know, I listen to Valo Ruben Cabla. Um, he's another younger pianist. But, you know, I don't speak Spanish, but I still, Afro-Cuban is the center of all music to me. It, it's where everything has been influenced. And that's why I've centered on it. And I've stayed on it. The other type is bluegrass. And I listen to bluegrass oh, because the banjo has always enamored me. And I found out probably 15 years ago why. And, um, you know, the banjo is actually an African instrument. And my father being black, being raised on a farm, my grandmother being Native American, um, generations back into farming. So my father was very rural. He was a guitarist. He played jazz but his favorite jazz guitarist was Chet Atkins. And the reason, and Chet Atkins is like a Nashville guy. He's a country guy. And um, the reason he liked Chet Atkins is because of the mood, the vibe, the rural vibe that my father was raised with, generations deep. And, you know, blues was there, but their vibe wasn't as much blues as it was bluegrass, like that easy country farming vibe. And, I love bluegrass for that reason because it takes me there. It's like I'm sitting with my father listening to some music and it's got that, you know, really ancient depth with regard to the banjo and some of the harmonies they do. Well, they, you know, there's so many, it, it, bluegrass is a mixture of music people don't realize. And of course, hip hop and all of that stuff. That's kind of the stylistic music. 
kind of on the surface, but my heart is always steeped in those two types of music. You guys got anything on your bucket list? I'm traveling with my son and my wife. My two teenagers are going off to college and moving out, so yeah. time to go enjoy the world. Yeah. Any particular uh, spot that you want to go? Like places that I haven't been yet, you know, like. Well, I got to take the family to Japan, and I want to go to Australia. Yeah. I want to go to Thailand. Yeah, those are all good spots. Jamaica. Those are all on my list, too. All on my list, too. Cool. Any bucket list item for you, too, uh, Marshall? Oh, yeah. So, the same. I mean, we were just over in Japan uh, top of last year, 2019, and... um, that's the first thing I thought about is I got to bring my family here. This has been a definite family trip. So traveling is definitely one. But for me, what I've been working for for the past 15, 20 years is to get to a place where I can move, buy a bunch of land and have a big place where all the family and friends can come hang out and just kind of be out in the middle of nowhere. And, um, just in the midst of nature, just to be out there and experience the earth, to experience the sky and just kind of have a getaway. So I'm still working for that goal. That is my major bucket list item, is to have a retreat. Yeah. Um, it's the simple things, right? Farmers, and they always had a place where everyone could come. Of course, they passed away in the 70s, but everybody used to be able to go there. All the cousins had to go there in the summer and spend summers on the farm to learn that lifestyle and just get exposed to it. And right. that was kind of lost, so I want to try to bring that type of experience right. back to all of the people who are coming after me. Right. I That's get it, man. I get it, man. It's just, it's the simple things, man. It sounds like paradise, to be honest with you, especially the way the world is looking today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we wrap, I got one final question for you guys. What is the future of Long Beach Dub All-Stars? I saw tour dates on your webpage, but... I heard earlier that you guys are not going to be touring right now just because of everything that's happening. Got another yeah, we're record? At, yeah, we're looking at recording and doing some live streams. Okay, uh, cool. Hopefully soon we get together and uh, re- rehearse all together soon and uh, get what we call like a super show ready for you guys, you know, so we're cool. in the works, you know, like I said, we're just writing and trying to create new stuff, new vibes, because, you know, like, to, to us, kind of like listening to the album seems kind of old now, you know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. We already, we we're already, like, fired up on new ideas and stuff, so... But don't get me wrong, yeah. we still pump the, we still pump the new album, but we're just like, with what's next, you know, for us. Always looking forward. Yeah, the new album is an, an absolute blessing, the culmination of some great ideas put together with my brothers, and it was great. Um, freshman effort from this lineup, but the sophomore effort, you're going to see a lot more dynamic. Um, I gave the go sign to Devin and, and Roger, who Devin Morrison is on guitar. Roger Revis is on organ and they're phenomenal songwriters of their own right. And I told, gave them some directions of, of kind of areas to go and just, we're going to hit it hard. You're going to have a lot more dynamics on this next record with the same consistency though. Like, Song to song, you see there's differences, but you're still able to enjoy it because continuity is crucial right, for right. all Long Beach Dub records. It has to be some level of continuity. And you'll see that on this next record, but there's going to be more dynamics 
than even this record has. So look forward to that. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing that too, man. I, I'll enjoy this one that you got out right now. In the meantime, man, this is this is a banging record, man. And we appreciate all the support, all the love that we're getting. I mean, it's a dream come true, really. This is a labor of love. And for it to realize, you know, every day I wake up and have my coffee in and grab the phone or get online or whatever and just see all this love that's out there, it's just it's really rewarding to know that, you know, what we're doing is still appreciated by all those wonderful fans out there. I love it. I love it. Well, I just want to say thank you so much, you guys. I appreciate the time you've given me today on this Aloha Friday. Opie and Marshall, thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate uh, you guys. We love we love yep. what you guys do. Thank Keep you. doing what you do, man. And and uh, thanks again for for uh, your time today. If anybody wants to uh, follow with you guys online, social media, or anything like that, can we throw that out there? Do you guys want to throw out your web page and social media pages and all that? And maybe they want to get music from you too. Yeah, it's uh, lbdamusic.com for our website. Uh, we're at Long Beach Double All Stars uh, uh, Instagram. Um, I believe you can get our album bundle still at uh, suburbannoise.com. And, um, I mean, we're on all the platforms, so holler at us. Very nice. Alrighty, guys. Thanks again yeah. for everything, and I uh, hope to chat with you guys again soon. Yeah, man. All right. Absolutely. Thank all right. you. Thank you. Cheers. Them 
remember live life like it's World War One. And it's true, no matter where you're from, ghetto streets is where the music comes from. And it's true, the youth carry gun, never live life like it's World War One. And it's true, no matter where you're from, ghetto streets is where the music comes from. Well, out in Chicago, the youth carry gun, but in the news you don't hear that one. Puerto Rico, the youth carry gun, I'm still waiting for the electrician. Standing rock, them youth, them carry gun, them live life under the government's wrong. Youth can use them, I carry gun, them live life under the burning sun. Down in Brazil, them, I carry gun, but them boss with no hesitation. Cali use them, I carry gun Them a boss guns with them silent fashion Down in Jamaica, police carry gun While the youth not scared and not run What is youth not scared of no one? 